All right, everybody. Welcome to episode six, which is uh, a very appropriate episode since we're going to be talking this week about the SmackDown Six era. Um, nice. Along with um, aces and eights, so lots of numerology in this week. Uh, <laughs> but uh, got uh, got Braden and my good buddy Josh here. Um, we 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 sound like Sesame Street. This is what this week's episode <laughs> is brought to you by the number six and eight. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So it has been miserably hot. Uh, has it been miserably hot uh, where you are, Josh? Oh, it's awful. It's awful. Uh, Stay yeah. inside as much as I can. Oh, same, same. Um, and it has been uh, pretty hot in terms of uh, wrestling news and goings on in the past week. So. Uh, we'll kick it off with a little bit of AEW news. Um, I did finish watching Fight for the Fallen. Uh, it wasn't. It, it wasn't um, on par with Double or Nothing. It, it was kind of one of their lesser than shows, but it was it was a good match. The the tag match between uh, the Rhodes brothers and the Young Bucks was good. Um, the the big takeaway that I that I have from that show was I really dug I, I really dug the um, the setup and I, I kind of mentioned that in passing last week I really dug the setup of the staging uh, I, I thought that was really unique but um, yeah it, lo- it looked different um, I haven't seen the event I've seen clips but uh, yeah. just from the clips and stuff you can tell it was a little bit unique setup and uh that's good you know keeps something fresh for the eyes and yes like you i think mentioned uh, uh was it bischoff wanted nitro to look different yes or, or i think we referenced that last week yeah so. uh, and and i mean it was a solid show i know i sent you I, i'm not sure if you had time to watch it the clip uh i i really dig these uh little youtube build up things that they're doing that like uh, this one, I think is road to, to all out. Um, and, uh, it had Tony Schiavone in the old, uh, control center, all, uh, WCW, cool. WCW way back in the day. That was, and supposedly he got a little bit of heat on him for that because he's under contract with MLW. Uh, and they came out and was like, Hey, we didn't know he was doing this, and he will not be doing this again. So, controversy <laughs> over that. Uh, I, and he's not even under contract with AEW. Oh, yeah, guys, I'll do that. I'll help out. So, uh, okay, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But, um, but still, not seeing him on there. Oh, for sure. <laughs> even, uh, even if it was a one-time deal or whatever it's going to be, his podcast is hilarious. Uh, the one he does with Conrad, and, and it's probably the most different out of all the Conrad podcasts because they basically just uh, – it's kind of Mystery Science Theater 3000. They just watch stuff and talk over it, and it's not something you want to listen to while the kids are around, but it is hilarious. <laughs> um, the, the t- and I want to get your opinion on this because I'm, I'm assuming you did get a chance to watch it. Oh, yeah, I checked it out. Uh, the two big takeaways, first off, Hangman Adam Page, as somebody made this comparison, 
and I can certainly see it. Kind of has a Magnum TA vibe to him, uh, a little bit of that. And I can see that. That was a heck of a promo he cut, ripping the stitch out. Oh, that was, uh, that was cool. That was, that was really cool. Um, so, so I'm digging what they're doing there. And then the Sean Spears sat down with, with JR and, and then spoiler alert. I'll pause for a second here in case anybody hasn't watched it. Then Tully Blanchard gets revealed nice. <laughs> uh, as, as his manager. So what, uh, what say you on on Hangman Adam Page and Sean Spears since they were the highlights of this? Um, what what really stood out to you on this little first episode of the Road to All Out? I, now, uh, like you said, that promo from Page was awesome uh, about not wanting the bruise to heal, and ripping out the stitches, wanting the blood to still run warm as he goes into the uh, match with Jericho. Um, I, I can see the Magnum TA comparisons. Uh, the the bleeding the the stitching stuff I don't know I, I immediately thought of Flair like you know the promos where he like punches gash and it start bleeding yep. you know yep um but no, I I like what I see from the kid uh and him, him and Jericho I mean Jericho's a good worker that'll build a uh, bring out the best in the guy I I don't know if they're which route they're gonna go for the crowning of the champion you know I don't know if they're gonna let Paige get it or Jericho get it I'm, I I figured I'm almost I don't know. I'm almost thinking I could be wrong on this. I've heard other people make this comparison. At first, I was kind of uh, kind of didn't like the idea, but I'm growing a little warmer to it. I'm almost thinking your first champion is Jericho, and you save either Omega or Paige their crowning moment for the debut show on TNT. I can see that. I can see that. Perhaps. I, I don't know how big you want that first show to be, but that, that would be pretty big. Um, but, but, but anyhow, go, uh, go on with, uh, are they not just doing gangbusters with Sean Spears thus far? <laughs> yeah. The interview was pretty cool. I, uh, during his uh, WWE run, I never really got into him. Um, I just, I just didn't jump onto his, his bandwagon per se. But uh, this interview really, really stood out to me. Um, I might be a fan. <laughs> well, a little early, little early to tell, but you know, it it looked better than stuff I'd seen in the past. And um, I agree. And I'm a, I'm a hundred percent right there with everything you said. I wasn't the biggest Ty Dillinger fan. The perfect team. I didn't get that. I, I don't know. I missed out on that too. <laughs> I'm like, okay, it, he was over because the crowd is 10, 10, 10. Okay. What, what does that mean? What, what, you know? <laughs> uh, but no, the guy is just, and the shirt, they, they, he has a shirt that is a parody of Cody's American Nightmare logo, which is actually a pretty cool shirt in itself, but it's, Sean Spears perfection. It's a play on the perfect 10 and there's like a little bloody spot. So I don't know if they're kind of doing an Owen and Austin thing where they're turning a botch 
into a storyline or, or a plain storyline and then further adding heat to it because as we've talked about, I don't think that chair shot was supposed to go the way it did. But I think since, okay, Cody's fine, we're fine, let's just use it. True, true. Um, so, no, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, more of these little YouTube episodes on the road to All Out. I'm hoping even after the weekly show, they they keep doing them. Um, so the biggest news though, AEW related is CM Punk is going to be at Starcast in Chicago. (laughs) Well, obviously it's, it's the big question. Is he going to appear at all out? So I told uh, our good buddy Michael Tuck about this, and he's a huge CM Punk fan. And, I mean, I, I guess we all are. We we kind of miss the guy. Uh, but, I mean, do you think he's just going to do the uh, do the convention, or do you think he's going to actually appear? Do you think he's going to be deflecting questions and then make a surprise appear? I mean, um, should we be getting up? <laughs> uh, well, if he is going to appear, you pointed it out right there. Uh, if he is going to appear, I'm sure he's going to be like deflecting the questions and, you know, trying to make it seem like he's not, you know, because that's punk, you know, <laughs> leading, leading yeah. people one way and then bam, you know, here it is. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it'll be all out. I'm, I'm guaranteed punk's going to come back someday. Uh, wrestling has a funny yeah. way of doing that. You know, people can't stay away. Uh, Terry Funk is retired no. like 127 times. So, <laughs> you know, it pulls you back yeah. in. Um, I, I mean, it is big news at StarCast mm-hmm. in itself, whether he's going to be back at All Out, because, I mean, this is at least a step toward a return to wrestling, you know. And, um, I mean, we, we'll all yeah. be happy to see him back, hopefully sooner than later. But, you know, I mean, maybe it's baby steps. And the way I look at it, I'm trying to trying to phrase, phrase this carefully. To me, AEW, if we keep wanting to make the WCW comparisons, they had their Lex Luger moment with Moxley or, or Ambrose. I don't want to go as far to say that this would be their Hogan moment, uh, you know, if they got punk. Yeah. But I, I don't want to go as far to say that, but to me – Mm, it it would be close for the sheer fact that he is probably aside from you know Okada and, and some of your New Japan guys who I don't see going anywhere. This would probably be the biggest guy that they could get right now. Like I know they say they're not in the market of signing other guys, but I mean, come on, <laughs> he's out there if, if he's interested. True. Well, so um, I, I agree. He, he would be the biggest acquisition because I mean, he's got he's established with the hardcore fans, the casual fan. Everybody knows Punk, no matter which yes. section of the audience you're in. So it it would probably be the biggest splash they can make right now if uh, if they were to get him. And and if you go into your TNT show with obviously the Bucks, Cody, Omega. You're kind of homegrown talent. 
and then you've got Jericho, Moxley, and Punk. That's that's a pretty good core to to start on a major network. True. Um. So one more interesting new bit of news, uh, and we'll kind of segue into into WWE is um, apparently there's rumors floating around that WWE is wanting to counter program and put NXT on Wednesday nights versus AEW. Uh, I think there's mentioning Fox Sports 1. I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about that. Uh, personally, I, I don't know if I would be watch if I would choose NXT over AEW. I mean, that would be a good little Wednesday night war. I don't know. Um, what, what say you? I mean, do you? It would be a heck of a heck of a choice. I mean, so <laughs> I I don't know. That's uh, I, I guess a smart move on their part if they wanted to throw it out there. But and and it you know. A throwback to the Monday Night Wars, just Wednesday Night Wars, but um, yeah, I don't know what fire up those DVRs is all I can say. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a, that's about all we can do. Um, I, I really think, uh, personally, I, I think AEW could could beat NXT in the ratings. That that's just me and nothing against NXT, but I find it curious that they would put essentially their version of AEW, if you will, to, to steal a little dreamism there, uh, to uh, put their version of AEW up against the real AEW. I, I think that could be really interesting, and uh, we'll certainly see where that goes. Um, but segueing into WWE, uh, we had extreme rules last Sunday, and I actually thought this was a pretty darn good show. It, it's funny, like Stomping Grounds, I thought was solid. I didn't have a lot to complain about there. Extreme rules, I thought had some some good stuff. So, um, have you had a chance to watch it yet? I'm still behind on that one. I haven't got to watch the pay per view yet. Uh so what kind of stuff here? Obviously, I, I made the prediction last week, and I don't want to sound like Nostradamus, but I said we would be coming out of that show with something to talk about, something big, newsworthy. And I even mentioned either Brock cashing in or Bray debuting. Well, I was a day late on one of those. <laughs> but – uh and we'll get to that in a moment. But uh, Brock cashing in, obviously, is the biggest news coming out of that. True, true. A lot of, a lot of people, you know, why put the title back on him? Why, you know, have Seth win the 10-man battle royal? Yada, yada, yada. So, what is uh, – what say you on this? Because I'll get to what I think in a second, but I, I'm curious to hear – Hear your thoughts on uh, putting the title back on Brock? Well, I I can see the argument there. Uh, I mean, cashing in at the pay per view leading into SummerSlam, 
Uh, Seth winning the battle royal. I don't, I don't think Seth. You know, the I guess where they're not doing the automatic rematches is the story there. You know, he's got to earn his title shot again. But it seems like a cash in would be a you know automatic rematch because it was a kind of surprise to him. Um, yeah, but I guess it builds the story up and it kind of gives him a little bit of that underdog mentality behind him too to lead into SummerSlam and and I'm I'm sure it'll be a pretty good match between the two. Um, I was kind of surprised at the uh, the Brock cash in just to go right back into the feud with Seth. I I was hoping they'd kind of stretch out the Brock uh, Money in the Bank run a little bit longer. Um, yeah, but you know I I kind of thought. If Brock was gonna cash in, either they would go straight with the Seth rematch, or we would get uh, Strowman or Lashley one against Brock at SummerSlam. That, that's kind of where mine's mindset was gonna be. And and we'll certainly get to Strowman and Lashley in a second because I, I have a pretty good opinion on that last man standing match. But um, the big complaint that I'm reading and hearing is, you know. Well, they put the title back on Lesnar. We're not going to see the champion, this, that, and the other. I'm I'm curious, and I really tried to do some research on this, but I couldn't find the material in time, and then I'll have to do some more digging. Hogan wasn't on every show back in the day. Sure. The, the champion, Hogan, wasn't on every show. Uh, go back even farther. Uh, Bruno only defended – you know, he, he had lengthy reigns, but he didn't defend every single week, week in and week out. So, yeah, to me, that argument of, well, he's he's not going to be there every week. Um, to me, I, I don't I don't mind it. I, I don't. People say they're bored to tears, Brock. <laughs> yeah, maybe just a touch, but he's still a huge draw. Um, like it or not, you know, so, and I was, I've been reading that, uh, they're, they're actually wanting to, uh, let those, cut those two loose, uh, them being, uh, Seth and Brock and actually give them 20 to 30 minutes at SummerSlam. So that could be interesting. And Brock always works better against a smaller guy. Think about his past three really good matches, AJ, Daniel Bryan, Finn Balor, all have been solid. So I have, and we've never really gotten a good lengthy Seth and Brock match. True. So it kind of has a long building story too. I mean, um, it does. Seth cast in during the Brock or Roman Reigns match from a few years ago. Uh, I believe they, didn't they have a match during Seth's heel title run? They did, and I think uh, before it even got started or just – wasn't that when Taker came back? Yeah, yeah I believe so. Yeah. yeah. That, the, the story was more Brock-Taker because – I mean, they had the match, but I think uh, Taker showed up. Like you said, it was, w- wasn't too far into it, and then they rolled with that. And then, of course, we went into Mania, and it was kind of a – I mean, that was like – well, it was the opening match, wasn't it? And they kind of yeah. kind of rushed through it and got it, and everybody thought Brock was leaving, <laughs> and uh, yeah. so now, it's kind of like an ongoing story. So this could be the the actual big match that we thought Mania was going to be. So yeah, and um, 
you know, I, I don't, I don't mind it. Uh, a lot of people complaining. I mean, really, what else do you want? You know, people want to complain about Brock being in the main event. Well, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm not going to get up on my soapbox this week. Uh, but um, what? Continue. Go ahead. But funny you should mention soapbox because I was wanting to transition into something about this. Okay, go ahead. Since we're already on the topic of the uh, um, mixed tag match, and we're talking about Rollins, well, you know, and his match at SummerSlam. We, I was thought we'll segue into uh, Becky's match at SummerSlam, and we found out on Raw that uh, she's going to wrestle Natalia at SummerSlam, which I'm sure I'm sure will be a pretty good match. And Becky's awesome. Natalia's a good worker. Um, she's always kind of the put put somebody else over type worker, you know, the the ta- mm-hmm. talented person that um, gets the other guy over. I can't remember. We were actually mentioning somebody last week that was in that role. Um, but I'm sure it'll be a good match. Uh, she got there by winning a fatal four-way elimination match on Raw that I feel the crowd was a little bit brutal on. Yeah. Uh, that, so, so you know, that, that's me getting on my soapbox here. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I thought that was uncalled for. Me too. I, I really do. I mean, I, I understand people, you know, they'll heckle or we've had boring chants in the past or stuff like that. And, yeah. and I personally wasn't really feeling the match myself. I wasn't, it seemed off a little bit, but my, yeah. my thought process is everybody has those days, you know, um, I'm, I'm sure the high and mighty CM Punk, Seth Rollins, Brock Lesnar, any of them have had days where their matches didn't line up like they wanted and stuff. Oh yeah. And they were still out there trying to put on a show. I, I thought the, uh, yeah, I just felt the crowd was kind of uncalled for on that one, and I don't want to—I don't want to diss all the fans or anything. I'm just saying that you know that, that was done a little wrong. Should have been should have been handled a little differently. But I digress. No, no, I, I completely agree. And uh, since we're talking about that match, everybody wants to give the uh, the WWE writers a lot of flack for not having continuity in their storylines. I think they've actually stumbled into some great continuity. Let's think back. Who is uh, Kayfabe, one of Natalia's best friends or supposed best friend who trained with her? True, true. Rousey. True, true. That's who so uh, who did Becky randomly attack during the whole uh, gimp legged angle? Back leading up to uh, leading up to Mania, she randomly attacks Natalia with a kendo stick. True. So, yeah, I don't know if any of that will get brought up. I hope it does, but I think this sets up. I, I'm sure the match will be fine. It's going to be in Canada. Canada always has a good a good crowd. This sets up Ronda Rousey returning to either help Natalia or after the match. This sets her up returning wonderfully. I don't know if we get the match at Survivor Series that we were supposed to get a year ago, perhaps. I I don't know, or if they stretch it out and build it up to Mania. But this sets up her returning. That was honestly the first thought that crossed my mind after Natalia won was nice. This is it. This is how they're going to bring her back. Um, Makes sense. So, a uh, few other 
quick hits about Extreme Rules, I guess, before we get into Raw and SmackDown or, or weave in Raw and SmackDown, I guess. Uh, Nakamura, oh, no. Intercontinental Champion. Um, and supposedly Bauer is wanting to take some time off. That that's the the rumor in innuendo. Um, I'm I'm hoping uh, hoping Nakamura gets a decent little run here. Uh, there was uh, that and a few other title changes on the show. Um, Usos, new tag team champions. Not true. No, 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 no. no I think Revival did that one, didn't they? Yeah, Revival. I. Stand, as I said, we would have errors. So, <laughs> no Usos, but New Day. There we go. There go. Uh, one. And um, then uh, AJ beating Ricochet. Uh, I'm, I'm hearing possibly a ladder match at SummerSlam, maybe. I'd like that. That'd be awesome. So, uh what um, what's some stuff that stood out to you this week while we're just kind of quit getting some some points? Uh, well, let's see what we got here. Uh, well, you mentioned the New Day winning the tag titles. Uh, did you catch the Daniel Bryan has an important announcement? No, he doesn't. That I actually, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I actually missed that. I'm not sure if I was. Um, using the restroom or, or what I was doing, but I was preoccupied and I actually missed that segment. So what, what, uh, what was uh, going on there? Well, um, I, I guess we got to wait for the announcement because he came out like multiple times, like back to back, um, going <laughs> to interrupt him. And then he looked like he uh, got agitated, went to the back, come out again, went to the back. So I guess maybe next week we could find out what his announcement was. He said he was going to boldly go where Daniel Ryan hadn't went before, so uh, I don't know what that means. Interesting. Hmm. Uh, So I guess we could get into one of the biggest things of the week. Um, Ray Wyatt finally debuted. Oh, yeah. Uh, That was really cool. Um. Bauer, I'm cool with that. If if he's supposedly, it makes sense. If he's wanting to take some time off, you you want to keep the fiend or uh, you know Bray Wyatt strong. So I'm cool with uh, Bauer putting him over. Um, what what did you think of the actual debut itself? Uh, as soon as the music messed up and the lights went out, I knew where it was going. I was like, it's got to be Bray. It's got to be Bray. And uh, lights went out. It was pitch black. Then the then the spotlights kind of come up and caught his face. And I, I'm sure little kids in the crowd were having nightmares about that mask all week long. Oh yeah, it it was uh, really creepy, really, really creepy. Um, <laughs> I'm wondering if the you know obviously that was the fiend. So I'm I'm curious if. Bray himself with the sweater and all actually makes his debut. I, I'm still like it was a cool debut, 
Really enjoyed it. I'm, I'm still curious how it's going to unfold and what we've seen from the Firefly Funhouse is going to transition. So true, true. How, I'm going into it with an open, optimistic mind. So how, how's this going to present itself to a live show? Yeah, I, I think if anybody can do it, it's certainly Bray. Uh, so yeah, and uh, real quick while we're on the topic of Raw and just kind of hopping around here. We got a Raw reunion tomorrow night. <clears throat> I'm pretty certain. You know, I, I told you I listened to the the uh, Nashville guys, and I really enjoy their show because it's local, but they do complain a lot. <laughs> and, and I think they were of the belief that this is just being done to pop a rating. And I'm sure, I'm sure there's going to be a little bit higher rating than usual because of the legends. Something tells me there's going to be a couple angles set up for SummerSlam. We are three weeks out from SummerSlam. I think it's early this year. It's on the 11th. So I was thinking that too. Normally, it's later in the month. We've we got to get something hot started for SummerSlam. So. If if you want to involve the legends and get something uh, kind of similar to, um, you know, uh, Batista and Triple H and involving Ric Flair, that got that kick started off in a great way. So I'm anticipating one or two angles like that. I can see it. Um, I always like when they do like a reunion show. The the they did one previously in the year. It seemed kind of a little bit of a I don't know lackluster on it. I, I don't know what was going on there. Like the um, I don't know what the the Raw show where they were back at the Manhattan Center. Some uh, Raw twenty twenty five was it? Yeah, yeah, something about that yeah. seemed off. But uh, I always like a bigger bigger union show. And I, I've heard the the whole hey, this is just doing for ratings pop uh, complaints online too. And I I just want to laugh at that because I kind of want to be like, well, yeah, isn't that they're, what they're going for is to get ratings, you know? But uh, and I mean, it's uh, yeah, I I, I think. Yeah, I agree. That, uh, obviously, that's what they're doing it for. So, but but you know, uh, that's that's the goal. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm like you. I think it's gonna. I think they're gonna build some stories while they're doing it too. But um, and it'll be cool seeing some of the guys that we hadn't seen in a little while. I, I've read some of the uh, names that are supposed to be there. You know, should be pretty good. Yeah, Psycho Sid. That's kind of a wild name. I'm uh, Austin. Is uh, going to be there, and you know, of all the big time, huge legends, we do not see Austin near enough. We don't. We don't. Uh, and I'm hoping they use him wisely. I don't know if they're going to intertwine something with him, Shane, and uh, and Owens. That would be cool. Maybe I don't know. Uh, so what? While we're on that topic, that seems like a SummerSlam match. Do do we like where this is going? I do, I do. Um, yeah, yeah. I like Owens. I've been a fan of his since he showed up on the main roster. Um, he's a good heel. I was always iffy on whether he'd be a good face, but it seems like he's going to be working kind of a uh, outlaw type, maybe a tweener type uh, role. Yeah. And I can see that being his version of a face run. It, it makes more sense than just being a squeaky clean, kissing babies, shaking hands type good guy, you know. So uh, and you know. 
the the Nashville guys, the Squared Circle Radio guys, they um, I, I'm not sure if I mentioned this, but I, I wholeheartedly agree with him on this point. I'm unsure if he could be a new age stone cold, but I certainly think Kevin Owens could be a new age DDP. True. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm really digging it, and you know if it gets uh, Shane off TV for a while, um, I think I think that would be good. I like Shane, but he has been taking up a lot of airspace. True, true. I think my only downfall in the Owen story is is him using the stunner, and it's not that I mind him using the stunner, but him using the stunner plus kind of having this stone cold character vibe. It seems a little forced, but I don't think that was done intentionally. I think he's been using the stunner for a while. I think it just kind of, you know, fell fell into place like that. Um, yeah, and and it gives him a better, easier move because he can't hit the pop up power bomb on everybody. No, and and you know the pop up power bomb in in the bag uh, could be an exciting false finish. True. true. So, uh, yeah, I really dig where that's going. I'm digging. Uh, you know, we're we're seeing possibly a triple threat match, a uh, triple threat tag team match. It seems like we're uh, getting uh, Gallows and Anderson involved with uh, the revival newsos that that kind of kind of got sprinkled in there Monday. Um, yet again, just just kind of hopping all over the place here. Uh, Maybe uh, Orton is Kofi's next challenger. I kind of like that. I do too because they have history. Yes, yes. Uh, so there yet again some some storyline continuity. You know, go figure. Uh, I, I hope they re- bring that into it too. You know, a reference from back to the original feud. And, and Orton got the pin in a six man, which I hate when champions get pinned, but it's okay in a situation like that because you know. In, in a one-on-one match, it would have bugged me. But in a six-man, it yeah. worked and uh, perfectly uh, sets it up. I hate – I don't want Joe to be out of the picture, though, because I, I, I was really feeling that feud, and I was hoping it carry on. So maybe they'll make it a triple threat, maybe? Perhaps. Uh, so what else – what else stood out to you this week? Well, um, again, I haven't seen the match. Uh, let's talk for a minute about Undertaker and Reigns against Drew and yes. Shane since we're already talking about Shane. Um uh, I heard that Taker and Reigns both got a pretty good reaction from the Philly crowd. They did. They did. Reigns actually has been getting solid reactions, not, you know, uh, Rock or Austin, or for that matter, even Cena, but he's been getting uh, solid reactions for uh, quite a while. So, Whatever they're doing, kind of holding him back, I think is good. I, I like it. I like the direction. Um, do do what you can without him in the main title picture. And then when the time's right, slowly bring him back in. Um, I think the big story from what I'm hearing out of that match, and they, they showed a clip on Raw, is um, you know the possibility of Taker and Drew. Yeah. Uh, I saw the clip where Drew was behind Taker, you know, kind of staring him down. Yeah, and uh, yeah. That, that was a really cool moment. Taker looked good too. Sweet, he did. I, I definitely got to go back and check it out. I'm, I'm really feeling that. And, and uh, here's another one. The um, 
we got the Cedric Drew match on Raw that we mentioned last week. Yep. So um, and I, didn't Cedric win? He did. He got a uh, upset victory over Drew, which which is random. I was just like, oh, and the online fans were hating that. <laughs> so yeah, and I don't get like maybe that should have been done the week before. Why now you're burying Drew? Well, maybe you're putting Cedric over. Exactly. Don't. That, that's what I was thinking. I don't see it as a burial. And and it's probably not the end of the story. You know, I figure it's going to roll into this next week. So, Drew's definitely going to go back for revenge because, I mean, we've seen Drew. You know, this that's his idea. You know, he, he definitely – he goes after tax people and everything. So, I'm sure we haven't seen the end of the story there. And, and hopefully, you no. know, that like I had mentioned last week, he'll work with Cedric and to kind of keep him busy – because, you know, Taker's not going to be there every week. But Taker will probably be there this week with the uh, Raw reunion. So Yeah. So, um, interesting story. So, what else, what else have we got this week? Uh, before, I want to briefly touch on one more topic, and then we'll hop into uh, Bischoff and Heyman there. Let's see. Uh, well, I did want to point out, uh, this wasn't on the pay-per-view. This was just from SmackDown. Uh, we had the Iconics against the Kabuki Warriors. Yes. And uh, I think I've talked to you before about me not really feeling the Iconics. Um, I think it's uh, uh, Billy Kay's voice is what gets me. It's like nails on a chalkboard, you know, or cats fighting or one of those annoying sounds. But I loved the finish of this match. Um they were outside of the ring. They were getting ready to roll back in to beat the count. And it's like, you know, a light bulb went on. And they were like, hey, no. And then they purposely stayed out of the ring to save their titles. And it just, you know, great heel move. Um, yep. It makes me look forward to seeing the next time they clash, you know. So, that I, I like that. So, you know, Iconics were warming up me. You know, I'm, I'm getting, feeling them a little bit more now. I liked it. I, I dig them because I've, I've made this comparison a little bit before. Uh, they... They do remind me a little bit of Edge and Christian, but as as we've talked about with similar to Kofi, you know, Kofi need needed or needs that good heel. Edge and Christian obviously had the Hardys and the Dudleys that elevated them. True, true. So I don't see that like maybe it is the Kabuki Warriors. Who knows? But I think if the Iconics had two other ladies who were good workers, were, you know, Good on the mic. They, the Iconics are good on the mic. Uh, they're different. I know a lot of people, obviously, their nails on the chalkboard. <laughs> but I, it's just that voice. It gets me. I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but I think if they had two other ladies who could uh, kind of elevate them or they could ele- elevate each other, I think that would be uh, be even better. So True. And that's something that I think they need to work on. Is We mentioned that in the text earlier this week about the women's tag team division. Um I don't think it's a hundred percent creative's fault. You know, it seemed like, um, of course, Natty from the tag match at the Mania. You know, Natty and uh, Beth were a, kind of a temporary thing, anyways. And then yeah. uh, Sasha had her situation going on. I don't want to get into that, but uh, so she left, and that broke her and Bailey up. And um, then uh, I believe Nia Jax is out with uh, surgery, like knee replacement. So, mm-hmm. so that split her and Tamina up. So. They the iconics won the belts and then every team that they were in the match with just kind of disappeared right there right after Mania and 
So that's something I think, you know, hopefully they can find somebody, like you said, a good uh, women's tag team to uh, kind of counteract the Iconics. And um, yeah. you know, maybe, you know, maybe it'll be the Kabuki Warriors or maybe, you know, they got something else in mind. or And ho- hopefully the tag team division will kind of come back together there. Oh, yeah. Uh, so one more quick point, because I keep hearing more and more about this. It's not going to be an overnight thing, but they're slowly. I didn't really see anything this week, but they're slowly going to um, start transitioning away from the PG stuff. That that's becoming said more and more by by the Meltzers and the Brian Alvarezes of the world, and it's becoming more and more rumored that that that's. I don't know if they're going to go full-blown Attitude Era, but that's, like I said, more reports have been coming out. So I know we touched on this a little bit, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. Um, I mean, what, what say you on that? I know, I know we talked about how it would allow more stories to develop. Uh, yeah, I mean – is it a good thing? Uh, yeah, that, that's that's my big thing. It, you know, it'll open up the door and give them a little more freedom with their writing. I, I don't want to go full-blown attitude, which if it does, I'll still watch, you know, because I'm, I'm a fan. But but I would prefer not go full-blown attitude and just kind of use that opportunity when needed, when it'll actually help uh, progress a story or, um, you know, make something seem a little more personal, you know, if they uh, get a little heated or uh, if there's – uh, bloodshed or something like that, you know, you know, somebody blades or something. Um, just use it as a storytelling tool and not put it in every match, you know, or every segment. And the big thing I've heard is, and, and if this is the case, then I'm, I'm all for it. Uh, they're saying that uh, Bray Wyatt could be one of the key figures to usher this in and this new character. Nice. So we've seen little glimpses of that in the past and certainly during the Firefly Funhouse. I think if there was any guy who could kind of walk that razor's edge of, oh, you know, and well, this is really cool or this is shouldn't be on TV, it's him. True. Uh, real quick, uh, I, I almost forgot. Two matches that really stood out from Extreme Rules. Cesaro and Aleister Black. Uh, beat the living hell out of each other. That that was a that was a good match. Yeah, I, I definitely uh, that that's the main one I want to go back and watch. Uh, I saw their rematch on SmackDown. It was it, it was yeah. kind of quick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Lashley and Strowman actually a pretty darn solid last man standing match. That. That was good. I, I have – and actually, uh, I, I probably shouldn't do this, but during uh, pay-per-views, Raws, and SmackDown, I'll, I'll have uh, the Reddit, uh, Squared Circle Reddit open, and I'll just kind of browse through, see what people were saying. There wasn't a lot of negative comments about that match. I think everyone was pleasantly surprised that they went out and they really worked their butts off and, and put on a – Put on a good match. So, yeah. kudos to both of those guys. 
I, I checked that one out too. Uh, you, you remember back when Strowman first showed up? Mm-hmm. And uh, I poor guy, he was just another big giant guy, and, and everybody like th- there was a big negative reaction to him at the time. Yeah, and uh, I think it's so awesome seeing how he's improved and and the reaction to him's improved and everything. And I mean, it started I think with the him and Sami Zayn had a like a no disqualification or false count anywhere or something like that on Raw. Yeah. And I think that's when the turning point happened. And uh, he's just been continuing climbing up and getting a more positive reaction and, and improvement. I mean, he's you can see he works hard out there. And uh, Lashley, I, his return, I wasn't really – I mean, it's cool seeing him back, but I wasn't really popping for his return. But I've, I've been impressed with him recently. So, both guys yeah, yeah. really bringing it to Good the stuff. Uh, all right. Anything else from this week? Or are we ready to – Hop into Bischoff and Heyman. I think the only thing else I got that I'd like to touch on, uh, uh, just a real quick, nothing big. Uh, R-Truth got his 24-7 title back on Raw. <laughs> and uh, Speaking of which, I'm fairly certain that we're going to have a new 24-7 champion at some point tomorrow night, and it's going to be a legend. Oh, yes. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> How cool is that? That that's you know, if it's Maverick and Truth just feuding over that thing, comedic stuff. It is what it is. I'm fine with it. It's it's funny. Those two have really, as I've said before, they they have made chicken salad out of chicken crap. So kudos to both those guys. Well, uh, do you have a specific legend in mind, or have you heard about the uh, the Comic Con situation? I heard a little bit about that. What, what's going on there? Okay, I, I haven't seen the video. Uh, I, I heard Truth was going to be at Comic Con, and and I I saw it come up on my uh, news feed, but I didn't have a chance to watch it. Uh, apparently, Hurricane has challenged him at some point. Okay, so I'm down with that. <laughs> I don't know if that's supposed to be tomorrow night or if it's just in the future or something. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yep that that could be that could be a lot of fun. Um, so, all right, let's, uh, let's hop into, uh, we'll, we'll kind of kick off a little bit with, uh, aces and eights because this was basically all entirely new to you, right? Oh yeah. I hadn't, the only thing I knew was, uh, uh, I knew Bubba Ray's involvement, like the, uh, Hogan Brook angle. I remember something about it, but the rest of it, I, I was, yeah, I come in clean slate on this one. So the reason I picked this out is because on one of Bischoff's recent podcasts in the past month or so, he said that this was essentially all his brainchild. And I watched, I'm not going to say the bulk of it, but I watched quite a bit of this during that time period because that's, that's when TNA was still fairly watchable. Uh, um, and, and nothing against what they're doing now. I've heard good things, but I don't know what channel it's on. So anyhow, yeah, I, I can't <laughs> find it. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, what 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 did you think of this? Since since it was all basically new to you, uh, it was actually a pretty good storyline. Uh, now, of course, I I kind of bounced around a little bit. Um, there was a lot of a lot of footage for it online, so you know, I. I 
kind of hit the high spots or what I thought would be the high spots with clicking on it. Um, uh, I thought it played out really well. My favorite moment would have been the um, the the reveal with Bully Ray, yeah. and uh, he did like a five part video where he kind of explained the what led us to that moment. And I really liked that yep. seeing it seeing it laid out and seeing all the twists and turns and stuff. Um, and and he did some pretty good heel work at the time. He did. Uh, a lot of people, you know, kind of look back that maybe some of the reveals like uh, Devon and uh, Luke Gallows. I'm not. Uh, it, may, it may have been Doc at the time. I'm, I'm not. I can't remember what his name was in TNA. But um, some of the reveals were kind of uh, lukewarm. But I thought overall, them coming out attacking both baby faces and heels was was pretty darn good. Sure. Yeah, it was a NWO esque, but what's wrong with that if it, if it's done right? Sure. So I actually enjoyed uh, Sting's Joker character he was doing during that time. That was different and fun. See, I'm the other mindset. I, I didn't, I didn't like the joke. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was. I, I guess I, I kind of enjoyed it because he was trying something different. True. I mean, it was. I guess he was probably he had to be right at fifty at that time. It was about five years ago, so he may have been over fifty. So he was older. He was in this big time storyline. Let's try something different. So, you know. I'll get. I didn't mind. I'll it. give him credit for for you know the attempt and stuff and and uh, yeah. I, I just personally I didn't like. It. But you know that that's fine. It's fine not to not enjoy something. We we just don't bury it here on our podcast. No, that's no. that's our thing. Uh, but overall, and another thing I liked about it. Now, some people may say that it that it got played out, and I guess it did to to a degree. It only lasted for about a year and a half. I think it. Started sometime in 2012, around mid 2012, and then ran to about November 2013. I think they said like 18 month storyline. So nice little bow on each end, you know, start to finish. That's another thing I liked. Uh, overall, we'll, we'll we'll do this on a on a scale of one to ten. H- how would you grade the overall storyline that was completely new to you? Uh, and do you think? that perhaps we'll get to see some of this kind of storytelling from Bischoff. Um, I'm going to give it a, uh, I'm going to give it a strong eight. I really like the okay. story. I'm, I'm, I can't go full up to uh, nine or 10 because, uh, you know, being that I was completely new to pretty much everything going on, you know, there's people I wasn't sure about people. I wouldn't, um, uh, wasn't familiar with their work, you know, and I, and I don't want to fault it because of that, but I don't want to, you know, push it too high because, you know, if, if I was familiar with it, if I was watching it at the time, I probably would have gone a little higher. But, you know, like I said, I'm not faulting it. I'm just saying that, you know, I, I was missing part of the story because of that. And, you know, could it could have gone a little higher would, rating if I'd seen it. I would probably go. So I might go a six or a seven. I might go a notch or two, two below that. But I, I don't disagree with that. It's. Um, I hope we see something along those lines, some long-term storytelling. Apparently it came out this week and, and I don't know what to make of this. Like I'm, I'm really beginning to wonder what Bischoff is going to do. Apparently it came out that 
he's not going to be involved in creative. But he really wasn't super involved in creative in WCW. He was, but he wasn't. Uh, and, you know, he'll tell you that. Like, it, on uh, on his podcast, he he had some ideas. He had some input, but he wasn't you know, what Heyman was to ECW. He wasn't creative week in and week out. So I'm wondering if they just got him to uh, wine and dine the the Fox executives, perhaps. Possibly, possibly. And maybe for uh, visual touches. Uh, I mean, he is an executive producer. He understands television. So so who knows? I'm still excited. Uh to see what he's going to do. Um, and I'm, I'm getting even more excited. I recently just bought a Nitro, a book that came out last year all about the uh, the downfall of WCW. Oh. And, yes. Nice pickup. Yes. Uh, I, I haven't read it yet, but I believe that's the book that Will got me for Christmas this year. Yeah. that I, I just started reading it. Um because yet again, on I, I heard them uh, talking all about it on Bischoff's podcast, and they actually had the author on there on one of the shows. That's a that's a good episode. Nice. Um, a guy Evans, I think, is his name. Yeah, yeah that's the so, that's the one. <laughs> yep, it's. Uh, I just I think I'm about four chapters in. Just just started it. So, uh, yeah. Anybody, any listeners of the podcast, if you don't already have it, yeah, just the four chapters I've read good stuff um so moving on a little bit from uh from bischoff and what he could potentially do i think we're already starting to see some Heyman input some Heyman impact uh and I, i decided and still looking back at ecw to look what i think would closely mirror what we could see now, and that's when he took over SmackDown. And it was built around Edge, Kurt Angle, Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, and Chavo Guerrero. And I'd actually forgotten until doing a little bit of research about the tag teams. I, I remembered Los Guerreros. I'd actually forgotten, and I remembered Edge and Rey Mysterio, but I'd actually forgotten about Benoit and Angle. Um, so in, in your research and everything, and, and I know you remembered some of it, what, um, uh, what really stood out to you from, from this era that you think we could potentially see going forward from Heyman in his current role? Well, um, he definitely had with the SmackDown six, he definitely had talent. Um, yeah. I mean, that whole group was perfect to start off and build that brand. Um, one of Heyman's things, and uh, I don't remember where I heard it first. I don't know if it was on the um, ECW documentary, the Rise and Fall ECW, or if it was on the Heyman DVD, or, but I, I, it stuck out and it's always stuck with me is one of Heyman's big things, whether it was ECW or SmackDown or, or anything, anything he's working on is uh, accentuate the positives and hide the negatives. Yes, and yes. I mean anything he works on, you you can you know he 
he does a good job of that, and I, I'm sure that's going to play into the Raw now, you know, and uh, and that'll be good, you know. He'll uh, he'll play to the strengths, and uh, you know, just gloss over the negatives until uh, they can, uh, uh, maybe until they can work with that and find a find a better solution, and you know, turn those negatives into positives. So um, that that's what I'm excited about, you know. And I, I know Heyman's good at uh, giving us. The, the positive aspect, the um, the strengths, if you will. And uh, mm-hmm. that, that's kind of what I'm excited about on this. Yeah. Um, apparently already he's high on Ricochet, uh, and, and you can see that. Obviously with the feud with AJ, that's, that's, a, that's a SummerSlam quality feud right there. So, True. Uh, yeah, I, I think – and supposedly he's wanting promos to be more realistic. I am all for that. Let uh, less scripted lines, a little more realism. I would even be for more of the what I like to call UFC type interviews, where they set them down, similar to to the. Uh, the AEW style where they're almost like sitting in a, you know, offsite location. And it's, is it's a different type of interview and I, and they've done it with Lesnar a few times. Um, so if it kind of ventures more in that direction, I'm all for it. Um, I'd actually forgotten too about the, uh, the angle and edge feud that kind of really, catapulted edge up the ladder. Uh, and I know you had mentioned kind of segueing here into some matches that we're going to look at and review for next week. I know you had mentioned edge and Eddie, yes. um, as, as another good one. I mean, really the way he intertwined and, and kind of used that core group, to build the show around, I, I thought was brilliant. Um, and I know that word gets thrown around with Heyman a lot, but I mean, it's, it, it it's proven. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I really, I'm a Bischoff Mark. Do not get me wrong, but I think giving Heyman more creative control with some people there to kind of pull the reins back a little, because he's not like Russo, where he's just outlandish. But I think sometimes to kind of tweak and, you know, pull the reins back a little, Heyman needs that. But I think overall, he's just a genius. True, true. Uh, uh, one thing so, one thing I, I saw that uh, uh, you sent me an article about the SmackDown 6, and I was kind of reading over it. And um, one thing that kind of popped in there, it's a basic formula, but uh, – it, you know, it, a very good example was right there. They, um, he had his, uh, his, I, I, I don't know if they were considered legends at the time, but you had like your, your very established guys in Hogan, Rock, and Taker. Yeah. At the, at, you know, they were at this, the top level. Right under him, you had the SmackDown Six, the workhorses, you know, who were, who were coming up, who were coming into their own right then. And then right under them, he had his crew. Well, I guess Brock kind of would fall into that category because Brock Brock jumped up that ladder quick and yeah. understandable Brock Brock was one of a kind <laughs> especially during that <laughs> day but uh 
he had new stars like Brock, Cena, Orton, and even Batista started there. Yep. And, uh, you know, that was the next wave coming up. And, and it's, it's a simple formula, you know. People just – they start down here, move up the ladder through the other guys. And and uh, I just – I don't know. I wanted to point it out because they, they kind of pointed it out in that article. And uh, um, I don't know. It, it's, it's like, you know, he, he knew the formula and, and using his accentuate the positives – Use the uh, SmackDown Six as workhorses and uh, really establish that with the other two tiers, kind of, kind of revolving around them as the core. And I, I like that. Oh, certainly. Uh, so it is. Uh, it's your turn to to pick out the classic content. But we're not screwing too far from this topic. And I've actually thought of another match since we've been talking here, uh, you had some matches picked out um, to kind of watch and go over and maybe further examine this Heyman era. So uh, what what are those matches? Okay. Um, Now, the main one, this is the one that this is, I don't want to say my favorite match, but it's it's up there. Uh, I definitely want to check out Edge and Eddie from uh, September 26, 2002. Okay. I think, think it was a notice qualification match. Um, I don't know. This this match really stands out there for me. It's, it's one I always go back to when I'm looking for something to watch. Um, it's kind of one of those matches, too, that I don't hear a lot of talk about. So, you know, it's not like a pay-per-view match where, you know, hey, let's go back and watch this WrestleMania where this happened. It's one of those that, you know, it'll, it'll kind of be on the back burner. You know, I, I won't forget about it, but, you know, I won't think about it for a little while. And then it kind of moves its way back in. I'm like, yes, I want to go back and watch that. I want to re- review that one. So I thought I'd throw that one in here. Um, I think uh, when I was when I was throwing out the idea to you, you had an idea for another match. And I, I'm i going to throw that in there. You mentioned uh, Brock and Angle with their Iron Man match. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's September 18th, 2003. Uh, I definitely want to go back and watch that one again. And and ironically, ironically, while I was kind of looking up dates last night um, and looking up some other match ideas, I found something that said that last year, leading into like the SmackDown 1000 show, they were doing a um, uh, WWE release, like a top 15 SmackDown matches list. Hmm. And uh, I, funny thing is, Edge and Eddie was number one, and the Brock and Angle match was number two. So... Um, Apparently, apparently, we're not the only ones that love those matches. They just don't get okay. talked about quite as much as pay-per-view matches, I guess. Well, uh, I've got a couple matches, and I'm going to take uh, kind of take the high road here, and they are pay-per-view matches. Okay. The one I mentioned to you before we started um, is Rey Mysterio and Kurt Angle, and I'm thinking it's SummerSlam 02. Yeah, yeah I think that's the uh, kickoff match for that one. Yeah, that that one always stood out to me. And then the other match that while we've been talking about this, I just literally thought of uh, Benoit and Angle from uh, Royal Rumble 03. Dude, get out of my head. <laughs> yeah. So that one, that one kind of went off. So those are my two contributions to this. Um, so I guess that's four matches. We we've got uh, what what else have you got? Um, I got two more that okay. we can we can check out if you want to. Uh, that would be appropriate. Uh, six matches for the SmackDown Six. That'll work. That'll work. <laughs> uh, 
We got Eddie and RVD from Backlash 2002. Okay. Uh, this this match, um, I don't think I saw that show when it happened. Um, I saw the next show. I think they wrestled at Judgment Day. I I, I was actually there live for that one. Good show. Um, but I don't think I'd seen the Backlash match until a few years ago, and I went back and watched it. And, and I remember it really clicking when I watched it. So there, there's something about that match, so I, w- I definitely want to go back and revisit that one. And the other one... This one stood out from, um, I remember reading Edge's book a few years ago, and he mentioned this match, and um, it's from December 5th, 2002, from a SmackDown. It was a number one contenders match with him, Eddie, Angle, and Benoit. Okay. And I, I kind of want to go back and revisit that one. I, like I said, I, I've watched it before. I remember uh, reference, him referencing it in his book, and I kind of want to go back and t- take a look at that see. I mean, all four guys in the ring are awesome, so I'm sure that'll be a pretty good oh, match. Yeah. Uh, and I honestly, on a lot of those matches, can't exactly remember who won. So that that should be that should be pretty awesome too. Uh, so those uh, that'll be the classic content for next week, certainly, and. Um, should be some really good stuff. So I know, I know you've got some, uh, this date in wrestling history. Got a couple of things. Got a couple of things. Um, one of them works really well. Cause it's right there in the middle of what we're talking about right now. Um, on, uh, this day in wrestling histories, uh, July 21st, 2002, uh, we had a uh, vengeance, the vengeance pay-per-view and they, we had the rock undertaker, Kurt Angle, triple threat match where rock. That was a, Darn good match, yes. Exactly. So I definitely want to uh, bring some attention to that. And I'll probably throw that into my watch list while I'm watching those other SmackDown matches. So, uh, if you know, if we want to throw a word or two about it in next week, it can't, you know, it, it, don't, it won't be an official match for the list. But if we want to throw something in there for that one, it sounds good. And my other one is, um, you know, we're going way back on this one. Way, way back to, two th- or, yeah, to 2014. <laughs> you know, wow. Um, now, uh, on this day in 2014... It was a tag team match on Raw uh, with uh, Rob Axel. I bet you didn't think you would hear their name mentioned. Uh, Rob <laughs> Axel versus Kofi and Big E. But this was before New Day. Uh, this was actually during this match. Uh, Xavier Woods comes out and uh, kind of makes a plea to Kofi and Big E, you know, about uh, you know them not being treated fairly or something like that. And this was the birth of New Day five years ago today. Oh wow, that's uh, how far we have came. What real quick while we're on that? Are they really? Because I've I've got my opinion on this. All time great stable. Are you putting them in that conversation? Um. Well, I think so. I I, I like all three guys' work. Uh, I'm a huge Kofi fan. I'm glad he's got the belt now. And uh, Big E, I think he's just on the verge of, you know, there's something coming with Big E. Yeah. Uh, something big coming with Big E. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> since uh, since Ben New Day, I, I feel like he's uh, developed. not saying his personality sucked before. I didn't know the guy, but he's, his personality is coming out more in, on oh. TV and stuff. And, and I see more in him now than I did back then. So, uh and and Woods is a good he's he's kind of a managerial role. I mean he's in he competes in the matches too, but he's kind of their hot man too. Yeah. Because you know, I don't think Woods does as much 
entering is the other two. And and as, I'm not downplaying him or anything. I'm just saying, you know, that's kind of what his role seems. And the you know, he's their hype man. He 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 makes sure to get the eyes on him and stuff. And I I think they're a pretty good stable. Yeah, I'm. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm going to go knee jerk here and say as a almost a knee jerk reaction as a stable, I would put them above the shield. Um, Interesting. Because individually, the shield has certainly done more, but as a stable, to me, the New Day has done a little bit more. I mean, they're probably some of the most over guys in the company period. I mean, they, and I would venture to say in the past 10 years, they, they are that over, but it's as a stable. So true. to me, just recent stables or recent groups, I, I would rank them above the shield um, as, as yet again, as a group. So yeah, I'm uh I don't know. I, I, I seen a thing the other day about that. Just and, and since you brought it up, uh, you know, all, are they an all-time great stable? And I'm, I think recently, I think they're the best. I'm not sure if I'm ready to put them in the all-time yet. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, have we uh, got anything else for this week, or does uh, that about wrap it up? I think that's about it. Looking over my notes, we've touched on just about everything. Sounds good. Well. Uh, matches for the SmackDown 6 coming next week and I'm sure there's going to be plenty more to talk about with the Raw reunion and um, certainly more news and everything coming next week so I guess we'll see you guys then. All right, take it easy guys and stay positive.